Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Becky, it's Friday. Hi, John. How hey, are Juju. you? Hey. It's December, too. It's weird. It's like 2020 is starting to wrap up, y'all. And the family is back together, which feels good. It does feel good to be in the studio today and, you know, just jamming about all things 2020 and looking forward to a new year. Yes. And we're talking mindsets, which I have to confess, if I'm being authentic, I was not excited about talking (laughs) mindsets on Fridays initially. But the more we dive into it, I am like, man, this is like our anthem. Yeah. This is our sweet spot. And I need more of this in my life. I think just as we're all kind of adapting and learning to live a little bit differently, yeah. mindset growth is really a, a poignant topic for today. Because it gives us something that we can control of ourselves. you know? When, it, when the year feels crazy, when everything feels out of control, these are really some truths that we can lean into. And something that the topic for today is something that has just been on my heart for a long time and something that I've really loved to really pursue in my own life. And that's just an idea of having a growth mindset. And I want to unpack that today. I, I have to tell you, I think you were the first person to like sort of espouse this concept to me because I, it, it feels like very corporate bingo. Like I've heard <laughs> this and, you know, just like synergy would be a little square and, and, and growth mindset seems like one. But the more that we start to peel back the layers in this, this is really an evolved way of looking at yourself, not only in um, your professional setting, but really with your personal relationships and things that bring you joy in life. And it's really about shifting the way that you think about yourself and the role that you have to play in this world. So I'm really excited to dive into it. Yeah. So I think the best way to really understand it is to think of the, the inverse of it, which would be to have a fixed mindset. You know, I am the way I am. Things are the way they are. Our development program is just the way it's always been. This is how we show up. This is how we raise money. This is all those things. And I want to say this happened the last time we talked mindset. It's like, I want to talk about it in our own mind between our two ears, but I also want to think about it in our organizations. And if you're leading an organization, think about it in terms of how you lead and how you're empowering your staff in the same way to encourage them to have these mindsets and how your organization can embody that in their values too. I mean, something that we have said from the beginning on this podcast, and what I love is that it just keeps showing up interview after interview, is that so many of us never thought we would be in fundraising or in nonprofits. And so just from a fundamental level, we all had to adopt a mindset of growth. I didn't come in the doors and say at the Oklahoma State University Foundation, I'm not a fundraiser, I'm not a marketer, I don't know what I'm going to add here. I learned, I leaned in, I listened, I showed up. I listened and grew through industry conferences and learning to listening to other people and sitting in meetings that I had no idea what the acronyms meant or what people were talking about, but just being hungry. And over time, I think I never knew when the pendulum had flung to the other side to where I could actually say, oh, I'm a fundraiser. I don't know if it's when you raise, you know, a million dollars or whatever that is, 
but there's a moment when you realize, no, I actually have stepped into that. You know, I have come a long way and I've had these experiences where I can be an expert in this. And so I think that is really a starting point for wherever you're at. What do you not understand? What do you not know? Are you going about it from the idea that don't just say, I'm going to sit on the sidelines because that's somebody else's job. I don't get Pinterest. <laughs> okay. Like if it's Pinterest strategy, get in there and open up an account and figure out how to use that for the benefit of your organization and learn and learn, learn from people. You know, people are talking about it. Yeah. I mean, it's really about learning how to learn. Learning how to learn. Oh my gosh. I love that. And in, <laughs> and as the resident, um, grandma of our company <laughs> as 41. the elder, as the elder statesman of all of us. Um, I think one of uh, just the things that I can say that I've watched in business, that's such a crutch for people is the older you get, the more stuck <laughs> you get in your ways yeah. and the more things become very rote to you and very routine. And, and we can move faster because Things are routine, but we don't take a step back and think about how that's killing our ability to be creative, how to be bold and step out on these precipices that no one had ever thought to step out on. And so that's what we're talking to you today. It's really about sharpening you and how do you sharpen yourself and how, when you start to get into this grown growth mindset about how can I stay curious and, and keep growing, how do you bring others along with you? So, because the creative spark that can come from groupthink is really game changing in terms of yeah. shifting cultures, shifting big ideas. Yeah. Let's just have example bingo here, right? Instead of just thinking about just yourself, I'm going to grow myself. You're thinking about, you have a bigger growth mindset. You think about growing the entire group. You think about what's going to advance the greater good. It's not just so, just you. Yeah, I like that. And I mean, some some people might see roadblocks, you know, with a fixed mindset. But we're talking about, don't, don't look at, for the roadblocks. Look for the opportunities. Growth mindset would see that you could shoot in between the gaps of opportunities and still make something really fantastic out of a difficult situation. And then I can think of, you know, review season may be upon us with the end of the year, and it's hard to hear critical feedback, but I really challenge you when you hear that to choose to take that and use it constructively, you know, to build into you and to find ways to point to areas that you really could develop. But if you're giving it, give it kindly, you know, yeah. and help people evolve. It doesn't help just to see the flaws. It helps to understand how you can turn those into opportunities. And knowing that you have Enneagram threes out there and type A people like yeah. Julie, um, <laughs> who will get 800 wonderful things thrown at her, but she'll only remember the one thing that was critical. <laughs> so take it, use it, move on. Um, I think a fixed mindset would give up really easily. Yeah. And people with a growth mindset would really persist despite having a lot of setbacks. So this is really talking. I think about resiliency. Yeah. Here. And maybe 2020 helped us with this one, but avoiding things that you know you're not good at to trying new things, right? There's so much opportunity. There's so many things we haven't yet done. So just lean into that. So you're saying I should try tofu. <laughs> Please try tofu. It's Don't so good. It. Just get the pre-firm the smell, tofu. I can't. Even the look and the color of it is so unappetizing <laughs> to me. Maybe that'll be something in 2021 for me. Um, I would even think people who are threatened by other success is really a setback and a fixed mindset. Because if you're somebody that can be growing, you, you'd be inspired by other success. You don't feel threatened by it. And I think that that is such a better way to grow community and to get connection to people. 
and leaders, I'm looking at you on this one. How many times have you sat around a budget table in a tough, tough year? And the, one of the first things on the chopping block is professional development. Oh, it's seriously it always comes bananas. up. But the fixed mindset would say, we don't have time or money to invest in ourselves and our team. Whereas a growth mindset is going to say, we're going to absolutely lean into this. Maybe you have to pull back the budget somewhere, but you've got to get creative of how are you investing in your people? How are you yourself growing and learning? I hope this podcast is a place where you're plugging in. I know I have learned a ton Same. <laughs> in these interviews every day. I try to go in with that kind of mindset. Yes. If you're trying to pull back your budget, just don't get the Shivari chairs for your gala. <laughs> just get some nice looking chairs and t- apply that money into making sure that your team, particularly this year, this is the year not to divest your professional development dollars because we have all got to be leaned in at a level we have never been before to see what's working in our industry, who is thriving um, and doing things well, because there are people that are going to be out there with a growth mindset who have an emboldened leadership that say, take your risks, let's try some new stuff. And those are going to be the people I believe that are shining and thriving I'm with you. And I feel like the research points to that too. I saw um, an article in Harvard Business Business Review talking about growth mindset because it's a cultural thing. It's not Mm -hmm. just about some isolated thing. It's like embracing this as a culture of an organization. Here's a quote that I captured was, when entire companies embrace a growth mindset, their employees report feeling far more empowered and committed. They also receive far greater organizational support for collaboration and innovation. Don't we all want more of that? Yep. In contrast, people at primarily fixed mindset companies reported more of one thing, cheating, deception, presumably to gain an advantage in the talent race, which those words just like make me sick. I hope that our organizations are devoid of those, but I do think fundraising can be competitive and you don't want it to get into that space. Like you want to to, um, put forth this mindset that we are all leaning in together. We're all growing together, all working together. So- I think think this is really healthy discussion because so many of us are siloed right now, whether it's because we're working virtually from home. I mean, the the, the sense of community is not there in the way that it used to be in the past in terms of having colleagues that we can bounce things off of, having group meetings. We're on Zoom a lot. And so anything we can do to kind of pull ourselves together, whether that's virtually, whether that's... um, you know, even in a funny text or something like that, we've got to be growing and thinking about how we can let voices be lifted up more. Everybody needs to be at the table. I mean, I think growth mindset naturally just leads into an abundance lifestyle of trying to make sure that everybody can have a piece of something because when we all lift, you know, rising boats, you know, once again. And so we also found uh, seven ways to develop a growth mindset. So if you're taking notes right now, um, these are seven extremely quick things that you could do today. And they're very high level um, and just things that we want you to, to intrinsically think about. And the first one is stay curious. John, you're so, you and Julie are so curious. This is so <laughs> fundamental to you all. I mean, the world world is our oyster, you know, it's like you want to just learn and soak up new things and things are changing so incredibly fast. So it like requires us to do it. Um, I think the second one here is to just keep your eyes focused forward. This has been a hard year and I think there's a, a chance to look back and, you know, take stock of that, but we need to focus on what's next. And I, I want to throw this out there. I meant to say it a second ago that 
when we're talking about abundance, I feel like philanthropy really needs to lean into this. And I feel like I've heard this threaded throughout the conversations we've had in this first season of podcast too, is that there is enough out there of your people, of your tribe that love your mission. And so if you feel stuck, like I understand that you feel stuck, but go back to your development plan and look at where the gaps are. And this is a place where you can really dig in with a growth mindset, look at things differently because there is a path. You know, I wouldn't let your dreams and the visions for our nonprofits, they're so important, be held back by small thinking and be held back by we've always done it this way. Like we got to all find new ways to engage and capture the hearts of the people that are our people. And so and that I think parlays so well into the third one, which is employ a bold vision and also pair it with some serious hustle, because If we're going to go find those that tribe of people, this community of people who love us, it's going to require us to kind of reach out in ways we've never reached out before. It may require us to hustle because we've got to get into those spaces that we've not traditionally been in. And so I say boldly go in there. You know, they it. already love you. So <laughs> start having some conversations with them. And maybe I think that could sharpen you as well and just help you get back to the heart of why you love your mission and why you love serving it. Something I read in the last couple of weeks is just that, and I resonated with, with it very deeply, was the idea of people saying, I wish is such a trigger. And it's a trigger for me too. And I don't know, I never was able to enumerate it until I heard it. And it was Jay Shetty. Sorry for always quoting Jay. Love you, Jay. Um, <laughs> but he was show. like, you know, instead of you're wishing for something, it's, it normally points to somebody not wanting to step through the process to actually achieve that or mm-hmm. to get that. And so I love that it kind of turns it on its head to fall in love with the process of, I want to X, I want to raise $10 billion. <laughs> okay, well, you can actually take the steps to do that instead of just dreaming about it. And so one of these tools that we would say is focus on the process, not on the results, like fall in love with the process of becoming better and moving towards your vision in that way. And again, you're going to have to employ some of that hustle from the third. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that just holds us up mm-hmm. is just... The it makes me want to take a long nap <laughs> to think that, you know, right before we're about to get into campaign planning, because it's about to be six years of very intense or planning a conference or something yes. like that. It just seems like such a mountain to climb. But it's like these are one elephants that we just need to eat one bite at a time. So I think we're talking about professional development is so important. You've got number five is invest time in learning. John has been this wonderful friend to me um, about encouraging me to learn because I, when I have time on my own, I like to sit down with a nice piece of fiction and read a book. And there's lots to be learned from fiction. Thank you, John. I'm learning all about humanity <laughs> I in need it. More fiction yes. In my life. Um, but John really did push me to like learn more about who are the thought leaders in this industry, businessmen and women, social cause experts. He's just so naturally curious. But I think there's something to investing time and setting time aside to learn because I saw tremendous growth of myself and the way that I think creatively when I did that. So I do think that we need to make time for that. I love that. Thanks, Thank you, John. (laughs) So Becky just did this. Our number six would be encouraging community to share your growth mindset. So not keeping it under wraps, but really just having this embodiment that how much better would an organization be if literally everybody had that mindset, if everybody's growing and learning and not getting stuck but really just having that active approach is just think about the transformations we could have in our organizations. Yeah. Why keep this a secret? If we could all challenge ourselves to be thinking about 
just not small thinking. If we could encourage each other into big thinking, harder conversations become easier. We can come at things, you know, from a place of love, like understand I love you and I appreciate working with you, but I need to tell you that this was a problem, but I think we're going to get out of it, you know, and I'm here to help you. So there are kind ways that we can move through, through this and bring our community along. I don't think there's enough talk about this. Like, yes, it's a mindset, but make it a cultural mindset for your organization as everybody leans into this philosophy. And that was number seven. That was our final one is, I mean, that'll create a trickle down effect. So I want to give one example of how we've used this growth mindset um, in in our business before. And I think you should talk, John, just a little bit about what happened with our gala. So we'll start with an event, which I think is something a lot of people can just naturally understand when you're working in event fundraising. Yeah, I mean, it was an event that had a rich history in a community that had a lot of support over the years. But if you really looked at it, when Becky and I arrived on the scene, we were very skeptical (laughs) of just um, kind of how the expenditures were looking. And it was, you know, raising about $300,000, which about half of that was paying for the event. So it was a really expensive event and really kind of inefficient in terms of the overall goals. And if you've spent much time around us, you know, we love events when they're strategic. We don't love events when they're not strategic. I don't know that I could say I love events, but yes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's a necessary evil. But um, over time, you know, I think events is one of the biggest places where we see a fixed mindset. It's like, we have literally done it this way. The committee always wants it to be this certain way. It's always at the certain place. It's always at the certain time of year, et cetera, et cetera. And that is such a limiting place because I think a gala is viewed as it's transactional to a certain degree. You're paying for a table, you're paying for sponsors, et cetera. And, you know, we were able to come in and help grow the fundraising aspect of it, get it better organized. And we got it, you know, to a place where it had probably tripled in revenue and storytelling completely you know, rewrote cut the expenses story. in half, but still maintained a really wonderful program. So operationally it was a lot better, but we didn't want to stop there, you know? So that was over the course of several years and having the growth mindset was imperative because we were looking at it strategically and we were looking at it to say, we're not doing this to just check a box. Like it'd be pointless to just have an event to have an event our bigger goal is we're trying to ignite movements and invite ignite believers. And you heard us talk about that on the podcast, I'm sure. And so we said, what would happen if we started looking at this as part of the strategic fabric for the whole year? So let's use this event to move major gift donors to make commitments as well. So like, why wouldn't you? You've got this incredible stage. You have this incredible night, this incredible platform, incredible you know, campaign in front of us. And so we just started partnering and not looking at it as a silo to say, we've got annual giving running the event over here. Let's do this in concert with major gifts and use it to cultivate relationships. And so what happened is, you know, we had our biggest gala ever over a million dollars that year because we were able to, to invite donors to come in and make a major gift to complement the fundraising for that night. And so it's like, we got out of the headspace of like our goal is just to execute this event, but our goal is really to infuse money into the hospital. And so it's so much better when you just kind of keep reinventing on top of yourself like that. And so that's now a DNA of it. You know, it's part as we're sitting around of planning it, it's saying, how do we bring everybody to the table? It's not just filling seats. It's also using the event to move people in closer relationship and cultivating those in the room. And that was such a 
growth mindset culturally, like the shift for our organization, because if you're very visual like I am, you see the event as sort of the end point for the annual giving game. But for us as a major gift team, it was the starting point for us. And then we use that to be the front porch, the entry into the story of who we are and what we're about. And then from there, we start planning little seeds. We have a great time with them at the gala. We introduce them to a physician, you know, that then the next point is, Hey, come meet this physician and come tour the hospital. And now we're going to have lunch. And you can just see how it begins to build from something like that. And just from a framework standpoint, everything about my mindset and how I needed to leverage that event shifted. It was fantastic. So that's the imperative for the day. Take a hard look around what, where do you need to develop this? Definitely inside, definitely in your team, in your culture, but also in your fundraising programs, you know, give them little brains to have this growth mindset. Give them their little synapses that will just spark when they have great (laughs) ideas, because really the difference between that fixed and that growth for you as an individual is if you have that growth, you're going to embrace challenges. You're not going to be impaired by them. You're not going to let them slow you down. So we're saying rise up, take that bravery mindset we talked about last week, employ this growth mindset, sharpen your skills, keep learning, stay curious. You got this, friends. Rich here for you. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you feel inspired to get unstuck and work through John and Becky's tips to move from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. If you're new here, did you know every week we share our best roundup of content, freebies, and notes heard on each episode? Head over to weareforgood.com slash hello to join our mailing list, and you'll hear from us weekly with resources and tips to help you do more for your mission. If you loved what you heard today, would you take a moment to leave us a podcast rating or review? It really does help more people find us and join our growing community. Thanks, friends. I'm our producer, Julie Comfer, and our theme song is Sunray by Remy Boersboom. Thanks for being here. Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.